Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. So, moving forward, let's talk about this three-game stretch. What to you is a successful three-game stretch for this team? Like, considering the injuries, considering who might not play, who will play, three tough opponents, the bo- uh, the uh, Denver game, and all those MVP implications. Like, what would you consider a good three-game stretch? Two and one. Like, Two I, and I'm one. not ex- I'm not expecting them to win all three. And, and I've said this to you before. I, I think that the Golden State game should be a win. They are. I know Golden State's home record is really good. The Sixers are flat out better than them. And so if yep. they have their guys available, they should beat the Warriors. No questions asked. Um, the Phoenix game, I am willing to give them a bit of leeway and say, schedule loss, whatever it is, back-to-back, guys are hurt, yep. resting, all that. I still think it's winnable. Like I, I think this team has proven, even if they have to play shorthanded, that that's a this team is good enough that they can find ways to rally and win even when they don't have it like Kevin Durant's not going to play Kevin Durant's still out so this is Devin Booker Chris Paul and uh, DeAndre Ayton is probably going to have a much better game if Joel doesn't play but that's a group of guys that with you know kind of crappy role players because they traded a lot of their good depth the Sixers can beat them and then Denver again they'll they'll at least have a day of rest They'll be able to get guys right if they play Joel and or James on Friday and then decide they're just punting the Phoenix game. They should get at least two days of rest for one, if not both of their stars heading into the Denver game. Mm-hmm. And again, tough environment, very good team, MVP caliber player on the other team. But I, I have full belief they can go in there and beat them because they've proven they're one of the best road teams in the league, one of the best teams in the league. So. Whether that plays out or not, I'm not sure, but I think two and one is is realistic to ask for. We'll see how it plays out. So there's obviously people on this topic that are smarter than me about it, but I'd be curious to know the science behind uh, muscle tightness and playing at high altitude. Like it doesn't feel like that would be an advantageous environment to go into if you're having tightness in your calf and you're dealing with an Achilles injury. I would think that. That would be a game, and I don't think Joel will sit it out. I think it's important, and it should be. Again, I'm fine with him pushing to win MVP. I am. I think it's important. I think it would be an awesome moment. But I do think Denver is maybe a game where you go, all right, high altitude, muscle injuries, just sit both these guys out and uh, get ready to come back home. Well, maybe like if they win the first two, which I don't think is likely, but if they win those first two, yeah, then you maybe you say, we're, we're, I don't care how they feel. Like we're giving them the night off. And I do wonder how that plays for the MVP stuff, right? On the one hand, you could just say Joel already kicked Jokic's ass. Yeah, he's passed. He he's passed all that. But there will be a, a bunch of verbal pushback, like, oh, he's ducking Jokic. He didn't want to play him on the road. Blah, blah. Like, yeah. there would definitely be some of that. So, um, and of course, the games played thing will, will rear its head once it again. Yeah, so I'm very interested in, I guess, we'll see if it actually happens, but it would be fascinating to see how that'd be received if that's yes. how it goes down. And look, especially by Joel, right? So that'll be fascinating. We're going to do multiple pods, or at least one pod, I think, before then, for sure, coming off the Friday and Saturday night games. And then we'll obviously preview that game. But before we wrap this up, we talked about Joel and Harden at length, clearly the biggest topics. 
But I'm curious, other players that you've noticed these last two games, you talked about Maxi. obviously Melton's been good. Anything else you picked up? I don't know if I'm like Kyle's notebook here on, on the last two games. Yeah. I mean, Melton's been awesome. I, I think yeah. he was in a kind of a weird place for a while there. I think a lot of people thought about how the lineup changes impacted Maxi and less about how Yank and Melton's roll around messed with him a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think you've seen him settle into a rhythm here. He's kind of in of the mindset that regardless of when he's on the floor and where that he's uh he's going to find a way to impact the game him hitting shots honestly helps like i know it's like the most simple analysis yeah. you could possibly make but when he makes threes that just gives them such a, a different profile when he's on the floor so that's been a big difference paul reed played some good minutes in chicago i, I think you can see the vision for uh, a switch heavy defensive lineup in the playoffs with him as the five. I think he's been more disciplined. I think he had a tough, a tough overtime when he had to come in for Joel on, on Monday night, but it is kind of a tough ask for someone to sit most of the fourth quarter, all the first overtime yeah. and then come in in the second overtime and Hey, you got DeMar DeRozan on switches, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. But he's actually been pretty good in those situations. He had a, a possession or two or three last night where he's defending DeMar on an island and he stayed down against the pump fake and forced them to pass out of it. That's a a great sign from him. And and one last one that I brought his name up, I think a couple of times recently, but I'll I'll do it again here. I continue to be sort of amazed that Daniel House Jr. is looking competent after not playing for months and months. And, you know, Doc has been, leaning on him in a lot of spots recently. Some of that is because uh, Jalen McDaniels has been out of the lineup and hurt and they've needed to play another wing athlete. But again, I I don't want to overstate it, but I think it's important that they've kept him alive, so to speak, and that Doc can say, hey, look, Niang, not shooting well. We can play a a, a better defensive option there. And he shot okay. He's been a decent transition player. He is chaotic as all hell when you give him the ball. Like he tries to kill everybody, including himself, when he goes up for a dunk. So that's fun. Um, So that's been, it's a positive development. I think he looks closer to the guy that I think they thought they were getting when they signed him in the offseason. And, you know, he's going to pick up that player option and come back next year. So even if we're looking as far as next season and not necessarily this playoff run and this stretch, it at least gives you a little bit of hope that, okay, there's a guy there that, you know, in the right lineups and in the right role, I think can probably help this team. And it's not just dead money or an untradeable contract. I know it doesn't make a ton of money, but it does, you know, if this season doesn't go well, we'll be talking about trades and stuff. And the better he plays, the more attractive piece that is to at least throw in, or at least he comes back and he plays well. So 